0: Hallelujah. Good morning, Saints. I greet each and every one of you, and I thank God for all of you that are joining us online this morning. Uh, Again, I want to appreciate you. I want to thank God for each and every one of you for being a part of what God is doing in this local assembly. Uh, If you are in the metro Atlanta area, I want to invite you to stop by and come and be a part of our in-person service. We would love to see you. We would love to welcome you. Uh, We are ministering from our campus here at World Outreach Church for All Nations. We're at 1294 Brazelton Highway in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Uh, Again, we want to welcome you to our in-person service, and we would love to see you. Our vision in this house is building strong families and serving global communities. Um, Again, I wanna welcome you and thank God for each and every one of you, amen? Amen. So this morning we're going to continue on our journey. We have been talking uh, the past month or so on making the case for grace groups, small groups, cell groups, house churches, they are all the same. It's just that in this local assembly, we refer to our small groups as grace groups. And so this morning, just want to talk briefly about the many, many paradoxes that you find in Christian life. You know, you find in Christian life where it says, For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for the sake of the Lord will save it. It also says that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And then it it also says, you know, the last will be first and the first last. One that I want to talk about a little bit. It's in Philippians, the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And I'm reading from the CSB. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. When we began this journey about a month ago, Pastor Bank, our set man here in this house, came and he shared with us on the scriptural foundation of grace groups, talked about the many benefits of grace groups. The following week, our executive pastor, Pastor Larry came and shared with us on living life together, showing us how interdependent relationships help us to navigate life better. You know, one thing I remember from that message, and I'm sure many of you remember this, he said, If you want to travel faster, he says, travel alone. But if you want to travel farther, he says, travel together with someone. And that was really very impactful. And then last week, our resident bishop in the house, Bishop Lee Manadum, came. Amen. And he talked to us about how Grace Groups is a form of therapy for the Christian soul, how Grace Groups help us to grow and bear each other's burdens. So this morning, just to build on some of what they have already come ahead of me and said, I wanted to talk to you about this paradox, which the scripture that I read earlier says that we should leave radically the opposite of self-centeredness, being focused on ourselves. But this morning, I've come to share with you that just for a minute, I would like to focus on you. I would like to focus on how this benefits you. You see, in the sales world or the corporate world, there is a big acronym. Many of you may know it already. The sales world is where I thrive the corporate world I've spent many years in. The acronym is called WIFM, W-I-I-F-M. In fact, there's a saying for uh, amongst a lot of salespeople that says everyone's favorite radio station is W-I-I-F-M. What is WIFM? WIFM is an acronym, simply means, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? So many of you or many of us that are from a particular country would relate to this, Uh, would relate to this, I mean, very well. This is one thing that we're praying that the Lord will help us change about that country. However, today, I want to talk about what's in it for you. So, for a topic, for a subtopic today, I'd like to use a subtopic Making the Grace for, for Grace Groups. What's in it for me? Some benefits of Grace Groups. You know, you may have heard some of these things before, but track along with me as we share some of this. Amen. It's just some basic foundational truths, okay, some basic foundational truths. We know that God created the heavens and the earth. He created us as human beings in his image and his likeness. And God called those of us that are disciples of Christ, he called us Christians. See, I've come to tell you this morning, God never intended for Christianity to be a me, God and my Bible kind of lifestyle. See, the scripture encourages us to that we also need each other for many reasons. I'm reminded of a famous quote by a great teacher and coach on leadership, Dr. John Maxwell. The quote says, one is too small a number to achieve greatness. One is too small a number to achieve greatness. And that is saying that no real accomplishment, no accomplishment of real value has ever been achieved by a human being working alone. See, this thing called life was never meant to be done alone. It was never meant to be done alone. Bishop Manadam shared that last week. See, it is a lot easier done and better done when it is done with or when it's done alongside others that are cut from the same fabric. And that fabric is our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Amen. So for a text this morning, I just would like us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 18. And I'm reading from a version of the NIV. Our team may not have it, but 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 18. And I read, it says, the body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews All Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It will not, for that reason, cease to be part of, of the body. And if the air should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it will not, for that reason, cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God, in his infinite mercy and in his infinite wisdom, has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Amen? Amen. A lot of times when we hear this scripture, it's usually used in the context of unity and coming together. And yes, uh, as a matter of fact, in Pastor Banks' message, he did refer to this scripture, and he talked about the body, the human body as being one of the most efficient uh, machine that the body, that God created. See a little known piece of history about me. I am a biochemist by training, even though that's not what I do now. <laughs> but. One of the concepts that I learned in my studies in school as a biochemist is how things work in the human body at the molecular level. Now we all talk about things that affect our health, diseases and what have you. Biochemists study the chemical processes that happen inside of our body. So this morning, I wanted to share with you about a concept that I learned. And that concept talks about how enzymes in our body facilitate and work. To speed up processes where proteins bind together. And I'm getting a little technical, but I don't want to do that. There is a hypothesis that we talk about in biochemistry. It's called the lock and key hypothesis. And you're seeing that diagram on your screen right now. See, the lock and key hypothesis states that the substrate fits perfectly into the enzyme like a lock and a key would. See, no other key would fit that lock except that for which it was made or fashioned for. See, in in order for things to happen in our body, the substrate, which is the key, and the, lo- the, the the enzyme, which is the lock, they have to fit perfectly. And in the diagram that you're looking at, you'll see how if that key or that lock is altered in any kind of way, they would not fit. It would not work. What happens? sometimes in disease where things are not working well is because a shape of either the key or the lock has changed. And so that what it's naturally designed to do is not happening. So I use that just to bring us to the fact or to illustrate how you and I are so integral in each other's lives. You and I are so integral. Another example would be like, you know, when you have a multi-piece puzzle, all the pieces of that puzzle of that puzzle must fit in the right places in order for the right, uh, the beautiful picture to come alive. So, first benefit that I want to talk about is the fact that we are uniquely graced by God for various purposes. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7, it says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. But to each one of us was given, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Which basically says that God created each one of us uniquely. Each one of us was uniquely created. Like that lock and the key? Uniquely created. And then when we came to salvation in him, he gave us a new, unique identity in him. In other words, God's grace is given out personally. He knows exactly what we need and how to meet that need, just like the lock and the key. This grace is given at varying levels levels as God himself sees fit according to the measure of Christ's gift. What am I saying? In grace groups, you and I were able to recognize and utilize the measure of grace that was given to us by practically leaving out our new identity in small settings, in small communities. This is one of the benefits. You know, I told you today, I want to talk about what's in it for you, what's in it for me. I'm glad you asked the question. These are some of the things that are in it for you. Amen? Amen. Another benefit that we find is that our problems or challenges are not unique to us. <laughs> our problems and our challenges are not unique to us. 1st Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 in the message translation. 1st Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 in the message translation. He says, no test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. See, many of us often think that there's something uniquely wrong Uh, with us when things don't go well, we get into this mode of, oh, Lord, why me? What did I do to deserve this? Others seem to have it all together. What about me? Why me, Lord? See, what happens in grace groups is when you come to grace groups, with other transparent believers when you hear what others have gone through and how god has helped them come over and that others have similar struggles or challenges you get relief you get encouragement amen so I'm sharing with you what's in it for you. I'm telling you the benefits. Second Corinthians chapter one, verses three to five in the message translation also lets us know. Second Corinthians one, three to five. It says, all praise to God, to the God and the father of our master. Jesus, the Messiah, Father of all mercy, God of all healing counsel. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, he brings along, alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. See, the things that we go through is not just unique to us. See, we have plenty of hard times that come from following the Messiah, but no more than the good times of his healing comfort. We get a full measure of that too. So our problems and our challenges are not unique to us. In grace groups, you will find this, and you are able, just like the bishop said, get encouragement and relief from others. Amen? Amen. Another benefit, another benefit, we are accountable to one another. We are accountable to one another. Proverbs chapter twenty-seven, in verse seventeen. Reading from the NASB, as Bishop Manadom's uh, favorite version. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. Thank you. It says, "Iron sharpens iron." So one man sharpens another. See, as human beings, we tend to function at a higher level when we are accountable to someone else. How many of you have ever maybe joined a group for Bible study and you're reading the Bible together? I know. uh, I think earlier this year, my son and some of his friends started a journey together on the, on the Bible, reading the Bible. They were doing Bible study together. Now, we spent time together in prayer. However, I saw a higher level of diligence in this man, whereby on a regular basis, he was right there, and he was studying. Why was he doing it? Come the following, uh, I think it was Wednesdays that they would do their meeting, he would have to share or have read certain things. This is just his friends. So as human beings, we tend to function at a higher level when we're accountable to one another. So if someone announces that he or she is planning to work to work on making a change. You see, most likely, the next time you see that person, you're probably going to ask them in a loving way, how are they doing with the change, the change that they plan to make? And hopefully you'll encourage them along on making that change and sticking to it, regardless of what obstacles they may face at the onset. As we all know, change Is not always easy. At the beginning of the year, most of us, many of us, say, okay, this year I'm gonna eat healthy, I'm gonna lose weight, I'm gonna, whatever it is. We purpose to do it. And what happens by February? Okay. See, in grace groups, in grace groups, Members of your group become your accountability partners and so as a group of friends or believers, as a group of friends or believers, there is a natural urge for you not to let down your friends who will ask you lovingly, in a loving manner, about how you're doing with your change, whatever that change may be. Amen? See, this has been mentioned before, but we also need friends. We grow, we, grow, we grow closer to God and we grow closer to each other as friends. Proverbs 18, verse 24 says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. He says, but there is a friend Who sticks closer than a brother? See, many of us want friends. (laughs) At least we want true friends in the real sense of the word. Grace groups offer us an atmosphere for connection. We get a chance to know those people who we may see often, once every week most likely. But we know truly very little about them. We all need 3 a.m. friends. What do I mean by 3 a.m. friends? <laughs> there was this commercial during one of the elections. Uh, I, I can't remember who said what, but somebody said, you know, who do you want answering that red phone call at 2 a.m.? This was some political ad. 3 a.m. friends. These are friends that you can call at 3 a.m., 3 a.m., when your world is upside down, and they will answer the phone. Those are true friends. You have the opportunity in grace groups to build those relationships. Amen? The relationships begin in grace groups, and these these people, the 3 a.m. friends, they're the ones that are doing life along with you. Amen? Amen. Now, in the Scripture, this is one, this next one benefit. We get to practically live out the one another's. The one another's are in inverted commas. We get to practically live out the one another's. Many of the Scriptures, Romans chapter 12, verse 10 it says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. Romans 12, 16. It says, be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on one thing, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the... L-. There are so many one another's. See, in grace groups, you can practically and intentionally leave out all of this one another's because it is much more easily done than when you try to do it on your own. See, when you do it on your own, I'm not saying that it's not possible to follow the scriptures and leave them out. But being practical and intentional on leaving out this one another's is more easily done. Is more, uh, it's better done when you are in grace groups. See, God surrounds you. God places you in grace groups and surrounds you with those one another's that help prepare you for greater heights in him. All of this happened in grace groups. And then, of course, we get to leave out, Is another benefit, we get to leave out our purpose, both individual purpose and our collective purpose. Resurrection Sunday, pastor shared this message or talked about this a little bit on Resurrection Sunday. And the scripture there is from Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, it says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, amen." This scripture is a scripture that is popularly known as the Great Commission. And the Great Commission mandates that every follower of Christ. Every one of us that call upon the name of Jesus, all followers of Christ, we are on a mission both as individuals and as the body of Christ. And we are to go and to bear collective witness to the good news of Jesus Christ. See, one of Jesus's final instructions to his disciples was in John chapter 13, John chapter 13, verses 34 to 35, it says a new commandment I give to you, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another by this, by this when you love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So love is an action verb. It's an action word. How do you, the only place where you can truly demonstrate and live out that love, that mission, that witness, and be that witness for Jesus Christ, You know, it's not just when we go out of the country. That's good when we go out on the mission. But when we show love to one another, true love involves action. When we show love to one another, Grace Groups encourages you to do that in a small group setting. And as we do that one to another, others that are out there that do not know who our Lord and Savior is, will see that love. When they see that love, love is something you can see. When they see that love, then they are drawn towards the good news of Jesus Christ. So the litmus test is very clear. People will know we are Christ followers when we love each other the way Jesus does. We need the help of others to live lives worthy of God's calling so that people will see the power of God, of God's love in and through us. See grace groups are a way of living out our purpose both as individuals and as a collective group of believers to be the body of Christ, the church. Amen. There are several more of these benefits. But for today, I'd like to stop there. However, before I take my seat, this is one of the things that I talked about earlier, the fact that you do life together. Grace groups helps us to bear one another's burdens. And grace groups helps us to be there to support one another. Um, I want to read a card from one of our sisters in this local assembly. And one of the things that I've learned from Pastor Bank, uh, over the years I've always known that it is very important to say thank you. But a few years ago, Pastor Bank taught us, and many of you know this, that the value of thanks diminishes with time. So I am hoping that that's not the case in this one. <laughs> and reason is this card has been with me for some time, but I have an opportunity to read this. Amen? Amen. It's a thank you card, and it's addressed to you, the work family. It says, dear work family, my family and I would like to thank you, the entire work family, for your support, your messages of condolence, your prayers, your monetary gifts, and most importantly, your deep love towards me and my family during the passing away of my mother. The basket of goodies that you sent was delightful. From the very bottom of our hearts, we want to say thank you your kindness was deeply appreciated. This is a message to all of Wokfen. It is from our sister, Sister Bisola Saliu, Demi and Tosing Salyu. It ties into the message, and yes, this message should have come to you sooner than this, but I just had the opportunity to read it. So what am I saying this morning? Grace groups is a way. There are several benefits in it. Most of Christian life, it calls us to do for others. And that is what Jesus Christ is about. But this morning, I wanted to give you the what's in it for you. So if there's any one of you that still does not have a grace group or you do not know where you belong, please send a message. The email address is admin, excuse me, grace groups at workfriendusa.org. Grace groups at workfriendusa.org. And if you do not know who this Jesus Christ is that we've been talking about, the only way that you can experience some of these benefits that I just talked about is that you accept the love that Jesus Christ has already given for you. And if that is you, I just want to pray with you this morning. Just a simple prayer, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge you as my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. I give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.